The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan, and I'm so glad you could join me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending the woman. Well, I don't know if you're into coupons, but apparently the rest of the country is into coupons. I was reading an article in Ad Age this couple of weeks ago by Jack Neff. It's all around couponing and coupon redemption. And apparently, coupons just aren't for your grandma anymore. In fact, it's been surging recently. Last year, now I don't know if last year I thought this was interesting, redemption of coupons have actually gone up. It surged 20 to more than 3 billion coupons redeemed through clearinghouses. That is the first gain in 17 consecutive years. That is proof in the pudding that the recession is hitting us hard, right? Well, guess what? The first nine months of this year, coupon redemption is up another 5.3% to 2.5 billion versus a year ago. Again, more and more redemptions. Now, we know that coupons are a huge incentive for women. It is a reason for them to try a new product. A lot of other things don't get women to try new products or to switch brands, but we know coupons do. So there's also another reason that marketers, you need to get coupons into the hands of women. Number one, it converts them. Number two, they're using them. Now, internet coupons are only accounting for about 1% of distribution. It's actually Sunday circulars, people. Coupons could be saving newspapers. I don't know. Maybe. Novel idea. But apparently, Sunday circulations are rising in newspapers in cities where they have been focusing their Sunday print editions around couponing that lies within the newspaper. So, for example, Neff says Minneapolis, St. Petersburg, Baltimore, and seven Keganet markets have actually seen their numbers go up. The National Newspaper Network is saying that 91% of consumers ages 25 to 34 are using newspaper coupons. So, yeah, it's not your grandma, probably not you. It's the younger generation that are getting into it, which bodes well, right, for the future of all of us. Um, marketers are getting in on the game. They clearly are seeing this as an advantage, and they are offering very attractive coupon offers, P&G, and their infamous Old Spice. They have dropped a buy one, get one free coupon um, since February. Clearly, it's working for them. Uh, Unilever um, has also responded with two buy one, get one free offers in the past couple three months, according to Neff. And Bird's Eye is another example that Neff calls out saying that they have um, offered a national coupon for a free full-size package 
of its steam fresh products. So again, we know coupons work. More and more of us are using them. If you're not in the game, you might want to seriously consider it. All right. Our purse profile today. Gucci girls, single women in their late 20s and early 30s have a higher income. Are fashion conscious and, yep, probably using coupons, I might add. There's nearly 2 million of these women out there, average age of, like I said, 29. Employed full-time, no kids, making, again, $91,000 a year. So they're doing pretty good for themselves. They're keeping up with fashion, fashion magazines, really help them determine what clothes they're going to buy. And they do buy every season. They like to switch things up. They like to go out and do some shopping, like to make a statement. They are driven by their career and the money that goes with it. Um, Although, you know what? They're saying they're willing to give up time with their family to advance in their career as well. Um, They do like to entertain people in their homes. They love to shop with friends. They're really, really focused on those close friends. Well, where are they shopping? They are willing to try new stores and brands, by the way. They're not incredibly loyal. And they're shopping at Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus, Victoria's Secret, New York and Company, um, and Banana. They're driving Infinity, Cadillac, Jeep, and Nissan. And um, what are they reading? Allure, Shape, Vogue, Self, Cosmo, Glamour, and L. And they're watching Lifetime, Bravo, HGTV, MTV, VH1E, and Oxygen. Online, yep, they're MySpacers. They're also at iVillage, Travelocity, Blockbuster, eBay, USA Today, and eHarmony. Well, my guest for this program um, probably knows that Gucci girl fairly well. David Grislak is the executive director of behavioral brand planning and cultural insights at Engage. You've heard Engage before. I've actually had someone on from Engage before, but this time we're going to be talking about something a little different. Engage is one of the nation's largest independent marketing agencies. Um, Calls itself a total engagement agency that melds technology and creativity to ignite business growth for leading brands. And some of those brands, I can guarantee you know them, Nationwide Insurance, Dad's Pet Food, The Home Depot, Best Buy, Brown Foreman, Food Lion, and many, many more. When we return, we're going to be talking about how Engage has been engaging women when it comes to a certain spirit. More on that when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. My.afcon2010.com. My.affcon2010.com. Your social media source for AFCON 2010. The Trade Show, where affiliates always attend for free. Sign up today at my.afcon2010.com. Check out photos and videos from our past events. Plus, check out our blog and discussion forums. Start socializing today and tell your friends to sign up now at my.afcon2010.com. Sign up today at my.afcon2010.com. Round trip plane tickets, $1,100. 
four-night hotel stay, $900. Conference passes, $2,000. And to think how far your dollar could go every month by working with WebmasterRadio.fm. On air and on demand at some of the most premier trade shows around, we report from booth to booth, session to session, keynote to keynote. That can be sponsored by you. Plus, we throw unforgettable networking functions where your message can be conveyed via audio or video from the ceiling to the floor. Contact sales at WebmasterRadio.fm for a free consultation. Ecom experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. First Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. I'm excited today to have David Grislak on the show. He's the Executive Director of Behavioral Brand Planning and Cultural Insights at Engage. Engage is one of the nation's largest independent marketing agencies. And David, thrilled to have you on. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Well, first, I have to say your title is quite a mouthful. Can you tell everybody what you do there at Engage? Sure. Uh, I'm a cultural anthropologist by trade, so uh, my job is really to help position brands with inside consumer culture by uh, connecting to the attitudes, beliefs, and values that surround consumption in any given category. And so my work in brand planning and insights really uh, sets up and fuels all the work that we do as an agency. Well, and you clearly did that with the campaign we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about vodka and women and and um, maybe in kind of a different perspective than most people are hearing us talk about spirits and women. Uh, actually, it's about making a certain brand of vodka kind of that brand that we women really get, gravitate toward. You know, I, I know that typically when we talk about spirits and we typically talk about vodka, you know, it really is focused on men. And most, most advertising of that ilk is focused on men. What possessed Van Gogh Blue to take on women? Uh, a couple things. I think first is the market is, is absolutely there. Um, women represent 50% of all vodka consumption, and they represent 62% of all prepared cocktail consumption. And so the market being there, and seeing it as really an untapped market, uh, as you said, a lot of advertising and marketing is really geared towards men overall when it comes to spirits in general and vodka in particular. And the second thing is that uh, Van Gogh as a brand uh, was launching uh, Van Gogh Blue, but their history and heritage really comes from being the leader in uh, providing flavored vodkas to the market. And flavored vodkas tend to skew women, and so they have a heritage and history that uh, made it appropriate fit uh, for them to approach women. So really, Van Gogh is kind of already somewhat predisposed to be liked by women, then I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And then this new offering um, kind of upped the ante, I would imagine. What type of woman do you consider to be the Van Gogh blue drinker? Yeah, I think that's that's the, the whole key to this, I guess. And it's women, I, I think the best description is women that really embrace their feminine identity outside of the kind of social roles of mom, work, and home. And what we found as we kind of decided to focus in on women, we actually spent a lot of time uh, participating in ladies' nights out with them, uh, whether it was inside their home or out at a bar. And what we found was that drinking really does serve an important kind of ritual in the lives of women and really serves kind of this identity transformation in their lives where they can kind of move away from, uh, change from being soccer mom to ultimately hot mom. 
And uh, that was an important part of their personality and an important part of how they see themselves as individuals. And so it's women that really are okay with that and embrace that side of themselves and uh, aren't uh, apologetic about uh, not being defined by work, home, and, and motherhood. So, in other words, David, you spend a lot of time with women drinking in bars. That is a hard, hard job. <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> job, absolutely. Absolutely. Learned a lot, though. Learned a lot. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you learned a lot. And you learned a lot about Mango I've heard, Mango I've heard Blue, a lot, of, lot of stories, and I was, I was quite, <laughs> you know, quite surprised at, at, at the conversations. And we saw it, you know, whether it was spending time with them or even just doing, uh, looking at social media and the conversations that happen out in social spaces. Um, women are, are confident and free to, to vocalize, uh, you know, who they are and, and what they like to do. And, and that was uh, an interesting insight and really helped us kind of shape and guide the work that we did for Van Gogh. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely certain of it, and I'm sure it wasn't quite eye-opening, both professionally and personally for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, talk, yeah, we won't talk about that. Though. We'll leave the personal <laughs> to the side. We'll just talk about the professional. Um, the way you launched Van Gogh Blue clearly was hugely successful. Can you give us some insight on what you did to kind of get women excited by this new offering? Yeah, I mean, the the campaign itself has a lot of different dimensions to it. We started off um, with a print campaign in key markets and then used our print partnerships to create uh, unique events that really tap into and create ladies' nights out for uh, the, the target audience and consumers of those magazines. And then what we've continued to do is, is build off that print and those uh, experiential kind of events that we did and actually extend it out to on-premise uh, marketing materials we have a lot of different things. Uh, for instance, there's work. Uh, we created, you know, bathroom posters um, that are very interactive that um, ultimately put out a uh, confession. And if you've ever done, you know, what was on, what the confession is, you can text it in and then Van Gogh responds back and gives you a drink recommendation and kind of celebrates um, whatever it was that, that happens to be there. And so, you know, a quick example of that is, you know, never have I ever fallen off a bed during a striptease text. Um, drink to 61211. <laughs> if you've ever uh, danced your pants off the mattress, and then if you do that and you text in, Van Gogh will respond back and give you an appropriate drink uh, for that given kind of confession. And so there's interactive work on premise and app bars and, and out where women are, and then also extending on to social media on Facebook, where um, we've created a sort of platform and community for women to become unbottled and kind of talk about the things that they talk about. Um, everything from kind of sharing your worst pickup lines of the weekend um, to, you know, your nicknames for your wild side and, and all those sorts of things so that we create a conversation and constant interaction with women that allows them a place to kind of represent and tie into uh, that, that identity that's important to them. Well, clearly they were interacting on a very personal level with Van Gogh Blue, but also among, with each other, right? It's about creating this community and this validation that it's okay to kind of be the sexy woman hidden behind all the other things and, and kind of pulling all of that back. It sounds like there was quite a, a community of women out there that you found. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the, the keys to the campaign and what made it, makes it a success is that it takes the apologies away from the way women want to behave and the way they feel about themselves and creates a community social atmosphere around the brand that, that brings people together and, and kind of celebrates um, who they are as people and, and what they believe and how they feel about things. 
Well, I personally have been calling this campaign kind of the bringing the sexy back campaign myself. And it, it is, it is uh, I think, causing a stir. You got a lot of buzz with this campaign. I think you're still getting some buzz. Talk a little bit, of, if you would, about the reaction from both the women and also from the men out there. Yeah, I think I think with women, unintentionally, I think what this campaign does that's very interesting is that it really um, touches a, a, a hot button when it comes to the feminist movement. Um, and there's really a, a, a difference between traditional feminists and what you'd call new wave feminists. Um, and I think that, you know, new wave feminists, you know, are are free talking about lipstick and makeup and fashion and stiletto high heels, whereas the traditional feminists feel like they've fought uh, for years to kind of do away with those stereotypes and those ideas of women. And I think, you know, one of the, uh, um, I've read an article from Judith uh, Halberstam, who is uh, from USC, University of Southern California, gender studies professor, and she actually coined a new term called Gaga feminism, which I thought was very interesting, talking about, you know, this girly side of women and and that being a part of what this new wave feminist movement is about. And so I think there's been a lot of dialogue and a lot of debate and a lot of uh, conversations had over uh, the nature of this work and what it really represents to women today. And then from the men's side, I I think what it's done uh, nicely is really given a sneak peek into uh, the way women actually feel and behave and, and, and gives them an opportunity to see a different side of women portrayed in marketing that is, I think, a little bit more empowering, a little bit more confident than what you might traditionally see when it comes to uh, minivans and, and, you know, Nestle Toll House cookies and those sorts of things. And so I think it's uh, been a little bit eye-opening and, and, and drawn some interest from guys as well as they see this work in the market. You know, it does kind of bring up a good point. I don't know that I've seen too many campaigns that really have gone after this side of women before. Did you, in your research, as you were considering the approach for Van Gogh Blue, did you look into other companies' work in this space? Not not necessarily in the in the hard liquor space, but or the spirit space, but more in just how to connect with women in this way. I think you know. There's. I think it's more than looking at uh, other brands and, and work that other brands had did. Um, we really looked at uh, pop culture overall, and and you know celebrities like Chelsea Handler, and uh, the you know success of Sex and the City and, and the characters on Sex and the City as really support for um, this attitude and this personality and, and this identity being right um, and just not really uh, spoken to in the marketplace today. And so there's not a whole lot out there that, that we were able to call upon as examples of work that existed, but certainly lots of uh, content and pop culture that supported uh, the direction we were headed. Yeah, and kind of laid the groundwork for the kind of launch that you did with Van Gogh Blue and the kind of positioning that you did with it. The market was right for that kind of of introduction and that approach, clearly. Um, want to talk about the effect on sales when we come back. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Van Gogh Blue and, and how engage and move the needle on sales with that new offering in just a moment when Purse Strings returns. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka-ching button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka-ching sound all the time? In my new book, Ka-ching, How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays, I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. 
Get your copy today at kachingbook.com and I'll give you a kaching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's K A C H I N G book.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from seofox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And seofox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With seofox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. From domains to digital marketing, social media to blogging, you can reach this broad audience by using what you're listening to now. Reach the thousands of internet marketers that download and listen live to the premier on-air and on-demand podcast network, webmasterradio.fm with the Internet Marketing Channel. Our ad campaigns are fully integrated with multiple avenues of exposure, from slick, effective 30-second commercials to detailed, informative 30-minute town hall meetings. Expose your products and services to listeners and podcasters of not just shows like Market Edge and Domain Masters, but anyone looking for ways to market their business with your product. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm to find out more. New York Times best-selling author and serial entrepreneur, Joel Kamm. The deal with Twitter is that although we are in front of our computers all the time and we're using all this technology, the bottom line is that there's a reason the word social is in social media. Twitter is still about people. Your business is about people. It's not about your products and your services. It's about your customer and the value that you can bring to your customer using the power of social media. The Joel Com Show, Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. Joining me today is David Grislak, Executive Director of Behavioral Brand Planning and Cultural Insights at Engage. And we've been talking a lot today about uh, Engage's support of the Van Gogh launch uh, at Van Gogh's Avaca, for those of you who are not educated in that area. Van Gogh Blue, and it was really focused on women and really bringing out that side of women that we sometimes suppress and maybe aren't always comfortable talking about more of that sexy side. And the campaign um, kind of created a stir uh, because it is different. It definitely is different. And clearly being different is what makes you stand out from the competition. And, And David, you talked a little bit earlier about kind of that 360 degree approach with the launch, the creative, the experiential, the social, all of those layers of the campaign. Was there one particular tool or approach that you felt really was the most successful in connecting with your target consumer? You know, I think that um, we're still in the early stages of the campaign, but what I think ultimately will be the most successful is really the work that we're doing on Facebook and, and in social networking sites. I think that 
um, if you if you have an opportunity to look at it, the conversations that women are having there, and the uh, increased awareness that is happening, we continue to build that community up, and I think that ultimately that is going to be our, our the best way that we connect as a brand to to the lives of women and and really. Um, drive awareness for this brand and consumption for this brand. Um, we just launched Facebook uh, a couple weeks ago and had a sweepstakes going, and we've been adding a couple hundred new uh, fans every day without a, a whole lot of uh, marketing press behind it or any kind of push behind it, and just naturally happening through word of mouth. And I think in the long term, that ultimately will be a great platform and, and great opportunity to continue to build our relationship with women. Well, and as you said, it is the early stages of the campaign. I think you launched this, what, about two two months ago, two, three months ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and clearly the lifespan of a campaign can can take quite some time. But I would imagine, you know, you're already kind of seeing some sales growth. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a couple of I one of the things that I think has has been the most successful is that in this category there are, you know, hundreds of, of vodka products on the market. And so getting shelf space inside uh bars and and in uh uh, liquor stores is quite difficult, and one of the things that we've found is because of how different this campaign is and how uniquely it's positioned, it's given our sales force and our distribution teams uh, an easy story and easy sell in order to get distribution for Van Gogh Blue. And so we had great success in actually securing places inside bars and, and focusing in our key markets, and uh, that ultimately will lead to uh, great success as far as sales goes and in, in getting the distribution in the first place. And then the second thing that's happening is I, I think just overall awareness and buzz again because the campaign is so different we have you know our media partners actually calling us back and saying this has never happened before but you know all the women in our office are printing the campaign out and posting it on their walls and just a, a great amount of enthusiasm and conversation and support for the campaign which is you know, with a limited budget word of mouth is so important and so as that continues to grow and continues to build i think we're ultimately driving for a lot of success and, and a successful campaign for van gogh blue well, and we know word of mouth is the gold when it comes to women, right? I mean, that's what mm-hmm. you, you're having the exact effect that you want because that's how we really spread the word. Um, we get excited about a product. We want to tell everybody about it. And so I congratulations on getting that kind of buzz because that is the gold uh, of marketing, I think. Um, clearly, you were launching a product geared to women in what has been historically a male-dominated marketplace, although... As you said, Van Gogh has had this history of kind of these these flavor infusion type of approach, mm-hmm. which is a little bit more female leaning. But but if people are listening today and they're thinking, well, you know, I've got a product that's male dominated, and I want to diversify that consumer. I want to try to reach out to women. What are some tips that that you've kind of gleaned through this process that you would share with with that company, that marketer? Yeah, I mean, I think the key um, has been to really take time to understand the unique meaning and attachment that women have in a particular category. I think too often we, we fall into the, whether they're de- demographic or stereotypical uh, stereotypes of, of, you know, soccer moms or working moms and those sorts of things, and, and that tends to lend itself to not truly understanding the connection that women bring and have to a particular category. And you look at the automotive industry, for instance, I'm sure that 
um, women have some attachment to cars that extends beyond a minivan and beyond having <laughs> cup holders and, and you know VCR or, or DVD screens in the backseat for their children. But yet, you know, the marketing has yet to really embrace any true kind of really connection to women and, and how they feel about those categories. And I think that's just the key is, 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 you know, taking the time to really understand women and see those categories through the woman's perspective and through their eyes stand inside their uh, shoes or stilettos, if you will, and, and really uh, embrace what that category means and what the opportunity is. Absolutely, and in an th- authentic way, right? Not trying to pretend you're standing in her shoes. I've seen so many poorly done commercials, TV TV commercials, where they've, they thought they had the female voice right, but it was so wrong. And I think that's where yeah. your job really kicks in, isn't it, David? You've got to really, really understand that target. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, even in looking at the work that we have out in the market, I mean, the the women that we spent time with actually wrote a lot of the lines that show up in, in the advertisement, and we let them speak for themselves, and then we just embraced it and actually uh, let them represent themselves and, and use that in order to create the connection instead of us uh, um, trying to concoct something or force something in a very unauth- unauthentic way. Yeah, well, and yeah, absolutely. You would be taking a risk with those you know, have you ever done these things type of kind of approach mm-hmm. if you were making those up? That's dangerous territory. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> it was, it, we, we, we completely uh, listened to the conversations and, and the dialogue that women were having and, and just embraced it for what it was. Yeah, very smart man, very smart. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Congratulations on the Van Gogh Blue launch and continued buzz for for that product and way to go in actually connecting with women in an authentic way. It's a great case study and thank you for sharing it today. Thank you. Appreciate the time. And for those of you out there who want to know more about David and Engage, check out their site, Engage.com. That's E-N-G-A-U-G-E.com. And thank you so much to my producer, George, for another great show. Join me right here next week on another edition of Purse Strings. I'll be speaking with Stephen Riley of Vibrant Nation. We're going to be talking about boomer women, women over age 55 to be specific, and how marketers are missing the mark with her and what they can do about it. Don't want to let boomer women get away from you. They have some of the most money in their pocketbooks today. Until then, make it a great one. 